Thursday Finance with Brett Hall. And uh, there have been a few headlines around just recently, Brett, about uh, the CPA, the Certified Practicing Accountants, the body called mm-hmm. that. And uh, yeah, it's attracting a little bit of controversy at the moment. Um, yeah, that's right. Is this going to affect our relationship with our accountants and yeah. our financial planners? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, yeah, there's been a little bit of controversy around the uh, board at CPA Australia, which is one of the uh, accounting uh, professional bodies. Uh, it's been in the sort of headlines in the in the media um, for the past few weeks. Um, yeah, but generally for, for members or which, you know, uh, accountants and financial advisors, it's... Uh, Business as usual with uh, with them and, and, and their clients. Um, so you know the, the general public don't need to be really concerned uh, or concerned at all, really, with uh, with um, their accountant or their financial advisor. But um, yeah, it's a very interesting case in terms of uh, corporate governance, and probably we used uh, somewhat as a case study probably going forward. So, um, so what do they actually do, the CPA? Yeah, so so CPA Australia is a professional one of the professional bodies. Um, so it's uh, there to. Uh, uphold the, the standard of the profession and uh, ensure members, um, you know, involve themselves in professional development. Um, they can uh, bring disciplinary action against members who, um, I guess, uh, conduct themselves in a manner that's not a, not appropriate. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, so generally it's there to, um, to, to assist members, um, provide services to, to the members. Um, you know, it's a not-for-profit organisation, um, but around primarily to... Uh, you know, promote professionalism in the, and yeah. so they're responsible for ongoing training and things like that. Yeah, that's right. So they they yeah. provide that, but also um, so provide training, um, but also um, you know ensure that members do maintain uh, their standards. Mm, but yeah. on the whole, um, accountants and financial planners basically operate a little bit independent of of them. Oh, ab- absolutely. I mean, apart you know, that... from the training and the yep. standards. Yes. Yeah. Exactly right. So. Um, yeah, there is a clear distinction um, there, and you know, there's, there's, uh, you know, that I'm sure it will be resolved in in uh, in time, um, hopefully soon. So, uh, you know, the the body can get back to uh, doing what it should. Sounds good. In the meantime, let's have a look at commodities. Yeah, yeah. There was not such good news for the share markets just recently. Yeah. So we've um, on uh, on uh, the market. Yeah, it was down yesterday. It's uh, just flat this morning. Up a little bit um, when I looked before I left um, to come in. But uh, yeah, so commodities are generally down um, on last week. Um, so gold's uh, trading at uh, one thousand six hundred forty-three dollars um, an ounce, which is down two percent on last week. Mm. Um, also, uh, tin is down one percent on last week, trading at eleven thousand five hundred sixty-eight dollars a ton. Um, and then oil is uh, so Brent crude down four percent on last week. Um, it's around down two percent yesterday at uh, $59.37. We're going to have a chat with uh, Henry Jennings um, after this about the commodities in the market um, and we'll sort of ask a few questions in correlation to... Um, tie it all in. Tie it all in, yeah. Mm. So currencies. Currencies? Yeah. So currencies are, are flat this week. Uh, the US dollar, uh, one Australian dollar is buying you 75.61 um, US cents. Um, the yuan, so one Australian dollar is buying uh, 5.15 uh, the New Zealand dollar is um, down uh, 0.7% on last week, and one Australian dollar buys you 1.04 New Zealand dollars. Hmm. Um, the Canadian dollar, so is it parity? Um, so one Australian dollar is buying you one Canadian dollar, and that's just flat from last week. 
So when you say flat, of course, what you mean is not that they're not doing very well, but just that they're Move. much the same. Yeah, that's right. Excellent. Much the same as last week, okay. exactly. <laughs> and, uh, well, if oil prices are going down, does that mean we're going to get cheaper petrol? Yeah, well, do you want to jump to the petrol? Um, <laughs> Why <yeah>. not? <laughs> okay, sounds good. So um, in Newcastle, um, yeah, so the, the fuel prices are actually um, are down in, um, on, in unleaded um, from last week. So down uh, 2.6% um, in Newcastle, actually down over 10% in Sydney. So, But they started off higher in Sydney, didn't they? Yeah, that's yeah. right. So yeah. how, how much is the NRMA saying for um, Newcastle? Yep. So uh, $1.13 in Newcastle um, and $1.12 in Sydney. Right, okay. And then so, diesel. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so diesel in Newcastle so um, is pretty much the same as last week, $1.16. And in Sydney, it's actually up um, 7.5%. At a dollar thirty-one. Now, what have we left out that we need to go back for? Um, indices, so the yes. the market, stock markets. Um, so yeah, pretty flat on last week. So pretty much the same as, as they were last week. So um, the um, the um, except for the in Australian markets, sorry, we were down um, yesterday over one and a half percent. And so today it's trading at five thousand seven hundred thirty-two. Um, the Nikkei is 7,447, and the Hang Seng is 25,694. Welcome back, Henry. It's good to have you uh, back on the show. Oh, I'd like to say it's good to be back, but it's, um, I'd um, prefer to be on holidays, but uh, there you go. That's life. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that sounds yeah. a bit self-indulgent, wanting well, to be on holidays. self-indulgent, but there you go. I'm at that <laughs> age you can indulge. Yeah, very good. <laughs> So uh, the ASX um, has uh, slumped this week. We've uh, lost the gains that were that were made. Um, mm. So reported because of some overseas uh, investors selling. Um, yeah. Is that, is that right? And, and what, well, it, it, I think it coincided with me coming back from holidays, actually. It was quite strange. <laughs> I got back on Tuesday morning, the market fell for 40-odd points, and then 90 points yesterday. So yeah. um, it's not been good. Um, mm. I guess there's a, there's a number of factors um, at play here. Um, the banking sector, of course, has been a little bit soft um, you know, after the, um, the tax levy surprise uh, back in May. It hasn't really recovered. It's sort of bobbled around a bit. Mm. But uh, there was a bit of a downgrade on uh, Tuesday from Moody's in their credit rating, um, which had a bit of a negative effect. Mm. Um, there's also lots of concerns about the housing market. And then you push in you know, things like a lower oil price hitting BHP, and suddenly the big stocks in the market get hit pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just seemed to uh, escalate. We do have a bit of a, a slightly better day today. It's up nearly 30 points, so that's mm-hmm. encouraging. But I would say it's kind of lacks a bit of conviction, to say the least. So, um, yeah, it's um, it's not looking too happy. But this is a seasonally weak time of year as well. We tend to sort of hit the doldrums a little bit mm-hmm. as the Northern Hemisphere goes on uh, goes on their holidays. And uh, we sort of plumb the depths of winter and also tax time coming up as well with the end of financial year, of course. Yeah. So do you think we're seeing more volatility in the market at the moment, Henry, than, than historically? Um, I don't know about more volatility in the market per se. That's certainly volatility when you look at the what they call the volatility indices is not particularly high. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we are seeing huge volatility in is, uh, is um, you know, 
individual shares. Yesterday we saw QBE, which you'd have to consider is a relative blue chip company. Yeah. Um, they came out again with, a, with another um, surprise announcement. QBE have been very good over the years in uh, surprising the market mm. and not in a good way. Um, and the stock dropped 10%. Yeah. Um, it's the same thing with Retail Food Group. They had a, um, a profit downgrade from uh, 20% growth to only 15% growth, which is still pretty good. Yeah, that's right. Um, there's a lot of people that would give their IT to have 15% growth in, uh, yeah, in earnings. Exactly. Um, and the stock got whacked 10% as well. So, yeah. you know, we are seeing individual stocks getting hit pretty hard. Yeah. Now, I think that's a function of uh, thin markets, mm-hmm. um, computers trading things, uh, mm-hmm. reading the you know, the headlines on Twitter or whatever for the announcement and just whacking stuff yep. um, uh, willy-nilly. So I think there's yep. a bit of that going on. But certainly, you know, the, the index itself, I went away and it was 56.80 or something yep. and came back and it's 56.80. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so um, it's, it's a bit strange in that respect. Of course, we did have a, a good uh, run-up um, at one stage, but there was no real reason for that and there was probably no real reason for the sell-off. We're back to where we started. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, oil um, is mm. is down, um, mm. and then you know that, that was uh, reported as one of the reasons why the market uh, dropped. Um, mm. What's so? What's the correlation there? When when oil? What, what was? Um, well, I get. I mean, the, in theory, a lower oil price should be good hmm. um, for people because it puts more money in their pocket. Yep. I think uh, I read somewhere today that petrol is the highest weekly expense of most households. I've got to say, I would have felt health cover and insurance and all the other bits and bobs that yeah. go with insuring your house, your health, your contents, etc. Is, is probably the highest um, weekly expense, although you don't probably notice it yep. as much as petrol. Um, the problem with oil at the moment is that there's just too much of it. Mm-hmm. Um, despite the fact that uh, OPEC has agreed to supply cuts and is keeping to that agreement as well, um, we're seeing the um, the U.S. shale producers, which is, I guess they're the disruptive technology of the oil business because technology has allowed them to turn on and off production quite quickly, mm-hmm. um, depending on the price, and it's also allowed them to access oil and gas reserves that they couldn't previously access for far cheaper. Um, and you'll probably remember back at the beginning of uh, the beginning of the year when oil was sort of plumbing around twenty seven bucks. Um, the Saudis were trying to put the U.S. shale guys out of business, and it really failed. Mm. Um, and despite the fact there's supply cuts from OPEC um, and the oil price is lower, um, the uh, U.S. rig count continues to go up as these shale guys continue to come back online. So mm-hmm. um, there's just really too much oil washing around for the demand. Yep. And uh, you have to say, having been uh, to Europe recently, the, 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 the Europeans are really embracing electric cars technology, um, far more so than we are, and this is set to cause massive disruption, I think, to the oil business in the next 10 years as as, uh, countries en masse almost sort of switch over to electric and it becomes um, a far better proposition to own and run an electric car. Mm -hmm. So so speaking of of switching, um, the AGL uh, energy boss um, has stated that uh, for them investment um, in new coal plants doesn't add up with uh, wind and solar power. Yeah. Um, um, is that... Is that <laughs> I'm no, I'm no is... expert on, on, the, on the relative costs, but certainly, you know, building a, a big solar farm, you would think, is a lot less ex- expensive and a lot quicker to do 
mm-hmm. than building a massive coal-fired power station. Mm-hmm. You know, finding a field somewhere in the middle of nowhere um, and, and banging up a, a load of solar arrays and, and powering stuff from there, you would think is a relatively easy and relatively cost-effective solution. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have an abundance of sunshine Um, and you talk to people overseas, and they can't really work out why we're still using coal. Mm -hmm. I guess we've got a lot of it, so somebody's got to do something with it. But um, at the end of the day, I think the world is is moving away from from that kind of technology, whether Mm -hmm. it's clean or not. Um, And, you know, I think the AGL guy, certainly they are moving far more towards renewables, um, and the share price has been uh, very strong. Yeah. On, on the back of it um, over the last couple of years. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're certainly heading in the right direction. But, yeah, I think he's stating the obvious, really, that, you know, it's far easier to build um, a wind farm um, than it is to build a massive coal-fired power station. Yeah, yeah. And you can, you know, you can scale the wind farm. Um, you know, if you need more demand, you can build a couple more turbines. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's not rocket science, whereas, you know, if you, if you build one coal-fired power station and you haven't got enough, it's going to take another five years to build the next one. Yeah, very true. Um, so, Henry, um, yeah, I think Amazon's probably up there and their entry to the market in Australia is probably one of the most talked about uh, topics at the moment. Um, and uh, we could probably talk about it for, for a long time. But um, so obviously, the, the well, it's well known that a lot of the retail stocks are, are um, being um, pressured or their price is being pressured here and... Uh, I think um, there's been some reports that there's a buying opportunity of, of those retail stocks as an overreaction to um, Amazon's impact on them. Um, yeah, um, it, it's been it's probably been the, the biggest talking point outside um, the banking sector, I guess, hmm. um, for a long time, and retail stocks really have been suffering. Hmm. Um, I guess the, the problem for, for retailers is, is twofold. One, Amazon's coming, which we all know about, um, and there's always that fear of the unknown. It's a bit like going to the dentist. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, I, I hate going to the dentist because I, I really don't know what's going to happen. And I'm, you know, any minute now they're going to hit a nerve when they're drilling and it's mm-hmm. going to be a nightmare. Um, the, the actual reality is that at the end of the half hour in the chair, you walk away and think, oh, that wasn't so bad. Yeah. Um, did he pay, of course. Um, but, um, you know, that, that's the problem with Amazon is that we, we really don't know what effect they're going to have. And they're, they're talking about um, moves into fresh food. Um, they've just mm. bought, um, they've just done a deal to buy wholesale foods, which yeah. is a, a big U.S. thing. Um, and they've also um, now pushing into this try before you buy things. So you mm. can order a bunch of stuff online, clothes, try them on, see if you like them. And if you don't like them, you can just send them back and you only pay for the ones you keep. And the more you keep, the bigger the discount. Mm. Um, you know, so it's, it's, it's pretty good. These, these guys are uh, impressive. Um, yep. And I think any Australian retailer that ignores that uh, will be ignoring it at their peril. Yep. Um, plus, of course, the other problem at the moment we've got is that um, now interest rates are rising. People's disposable income is being mm-hmm. um, you know, squished. Um, we're not seeing any wage growth. Consumer confidence is hardly uh, stunning. Yeah. Um, and we're seeing you know, the, 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 the clowns in Canberra continuing to, uh, to sort of live in a, in a bubble and not really know what's going on in the real world. So it's not really helping sentiment. Yep. Um, and, of course, you've got the housing slowdown. And a lot of these companies like Harvey Norman and JB Hi-Fi have done very well out of the housing boom mm. because they've been flogging them sofas and new plasmas and all this sort of stuff. Yep. Um, if that slows down, you know, you've got a problem. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, at some stage, the retail stocks will get cheap enough to buy. Yep. Um, but I think that stage is a little way off yet. I think the um, the trip to the dentist is still um, still very much on people's minds, and I think um, they'll have to wait till they're they're uh, halfway through the operation to work out that actually you know it wasn't that bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, the but, um, uh, the iconic was a, a a website that came to Australia that didn't that didn't succeed. Um, yeah, well, there's lots of them that don't. I mean, you look at something like Temple and Webster, yep. uh, which has been an absolute fiasco. Mm. Um, that that's sort of online home furnishings, etc., which you'd have to say, you know, if you look at Harvey Norman and say, okay, would you rather buy a sofa through uh, actually sitting on it and going to Harvey Norman, or would yep. you rather buy it online? Exactly. Uh, um, you know, and it's pretty hard to deliver a sofa from online. Um, yep. You know, it's it's not as easy as it seems, and it will take a while. But it's it's I guess it's you know it's it's just a sh- another uh, example of this disruptive technology coming here. I suspect mm. Amazon won't be as successful as they think they're going to be. Yeah, I think uh, so too. And just another very quick comparison was a friend of mine that lives in the UK. He said that yeah, Amazon works well there because of um, you know transport issues. You know, a lot of people that live in London don't don't have a car. Um, so it's a lot easier to have things purchased online and, and delivered. Where in Australia, I, th- I think it's probably, um, uh, you know, obviously in the capital cities, you know, Sydney, Melbourne, you know, not everyone has a car, but um, but most probably do. Uh, and so the ability to, to pick up goods um, and take them home on the day and, you know, touch them, feel them before they do take them home um, is easier in Australia. And would that be from, you know, you've obviously just been to the UK and... <laughs> Yeah, I mean the, the retailers seem to be surviving over mm. there, but they, you know, it's summer and there's a there's tourists everywhere because the pound is so uh, so low. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I think Amazon will will make a will make a dent, but I suspect it won't be the dent that they hope, and it probably won't be the dent that the market fears. Um, but certainly, you know, I think Myers has got some issues. Um, mm-hmm. I think they had issues regardless of Amazon. I think uh, yep. you know the JB Hi-Fi guys that have got issues as well. Uh, you know, ultimately, electrical goods through Amazon are going to be just that bit cheaper, and it's it's pretty easy to uh, to go into JB Hi-Fi and look at the TV, and then go back out on the, the internet and just order your TV, and it arrives a day later. Mm, that's um, right. I think the soft furnishing thing is is something you know that uh, people like to touch and feel. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, you know, clothes. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I think I think people are getting more used to ordering clothes and fashion through online and cosmetics and that, that sort of stuff. So yep. it's it's definitely going to have an impact, um, yeah. but but probably not as bad as people think to begin with. It'll yep. be you know one of those slow burn things that in uh, you know it'll it'll be overdone to begin with, and then over the next five ten years mm. it will uh, have a dramatic impact. But mm-hmm. uh, maybe the uh, the the, the, uh, the dentist won't be so bad after all. And lastly, uh, Channel 10. So uh, last week, um, Stephen talked, uh, it had been put into administration um, and uh, predicted there might be something else at play with the major shareholders. Um, what's happened this week? I, to be honest, Brett, I'm, I'm, I haven't really Followed it. paid a lot of attention to Channel yeah. 10. It's such a, <laughs> you know, it, it's, a, it's a billionaire's plaything. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're still transmitting. Yeah. Um, it, it's a billionaire's plaything. If any retail shareholders are still in there they have only got themselves to blame mm. free to air tv is a diminishing business um you know it, it will just get smaller and smaller and smaller advertisers now have such a choice of where to place their um their ads for eyeballs whether it's digitally or on yep. billboards and, and you know you've got netflix and, and stan yep. and, and yep. yeah 
Apple iStore and Fox. It's yep. just, you know, if, you, if yep. you're an owner of a free-to-air TV station, I would be just going, this is mm. just going to be too hard. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the, the influence that um, media owners used to be able to, to, uh, to, be able to, to make on people through owning a TV station, really... Um, you know, I can't, in this day and age, I can't, there's a whole generation that is growing up that do not watch television. Yep, that's right. I've um, even heard that, um, you know, the the, the teenagers um, now will prefer, they have the TV on or a TV on the wall, but they're actually sitting there watching um, programs on their iPhones or on their tablets. Yep. So, yep. Um, you know, they're not even watching the TV, they're actually watching no. entertainment on their phone. Isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> we have. All right. Well, thank you, Henry. It's great to have you back. That's fantastic. Thanks, Brett. We're looking at uh, teaching children children financial skills. Now, mm. why is it important that they should know what's going on in the well, financial world? Yeah. Well, I think um, you know if they can, uh, children can understand uh, the basics and and get to understand that from a um, you know from a practical perspective. Um, uh, you know, they, they learn. Children obviously learn things from from an early age and and those um, those bases can then stick with them for for later in life. So, if they can get a good understanding uh, of the basics, um, you know, in their childhood and um, teenage years, then you know, I guess that sets them up to be more successful later in life when they're you know um, facing more difficult or, or larger um, you know financial decisions or or um, or problems. So. Yeah. Yes, so you're going to sit down with a spreadsheet of the things you do at work and go through it with your child? Uh, yeah, no, I don't think, um, you know, it, it uh, needs to be so uh, technical or, or, or um, um, it's just more day-to-day um, things that starting to introduce it to, to children. And I think it's also, you know, it's not about uh, sort of teaching children the, the basics of financial literacy isn't um, sort of, you know, letting them have the burden or giving them experience to the burden that money and, and um financial decisions can take but um just uh you know just introducing to to some of the basics such as you know saving um for money how to um to make a decision just on on, on basic items on a, on a day-to-day basis and you know helping getting them involved in in some things you know it might be at the at the supermarket and and looking at uh two comparable items and you know looking at obviously the price will be different and getting them to sort of be involved in that decision between the two products and um so it can just be, you know, the, the basics of of, um, of of things initially. So do you think it's more important to be doing that now than it was a few years ago? Oh, I think for sure. I, I mean, uh, there's this notion um, of that money is becoming invisible, uh, you know, that everything these days is being paid for on um, on cards. Um, so the, uh, the the physical presence of of notes and coins is is sort of starting to um, to disappear. So. I guess for for children when they're sitting there and witnessing their parents um, paying for things or even paying for it themselves, they're not actually you know having to count it out and see it. So, um, you know, I guess to a certain extent, now more than than historically, there's that um, that that difference um, where they're not having to, uh, you know, be sort of that visual aspect of, of handing over the over the money and sort of feeling more so the cost of, of items or services. So they do need to get the concept of what's going on. Yeah, so that, I guess in that value 
of, of, of money and the value of things. Mm. Mm. So um, when should you start teaching kiddies some yeah. skills? <laughs> so that's a good question. So, I mean, I mean obviously, um, you know, you, you can start with children even um, at, um, at, at preschool age, um, you know, sort of um, starting to, um, you know, show them that, uh, you know, that things cost, cost money, um, you know, that uh, they're sort of seeing that things are actually, um, you know, come as a... At, at a cost, um, and then you know, as as they sort of start to to get older, um, into you know primary school age, um, that's when probably you know involve them in some decisions on on day to day things, such as uh, you know as we use example at the supermarket, um, shopping for for just household items. Um, another good example is involving them in, in basic um, in a basic budget. So potentially it could be involving them in um, you know something as simple as a planning for for a birthday party and saying you know we've got. Two hundred dollars to spend on the birthday party, and this is what it's going to cost for for various items, and sort of letting them sort of participate in in the financial decision of organising something as simple as that. Um, so that, I guess that's the you know the, the very basics of a of a budget that doesn't involve a spreadsheet necessarily. It's sort of just making you know the the decisions um, based you know with with money uh, you know, with monetary money. value. Yeah. And Brett Hall, um, teenagers, perhaps that's the time when. Oh, a bit of free spending might happen. What yeah. do you think is important to get them aware of? Yeah, obviously, I think this age is really critical um, in terms of uh, you know sort of expanding their their education. Um, you know, and obviously, you know, things are obviously taught formally through schools, etc. But obviously, you know, at home, it, it, um, it's an opportunity to sort of put more of that into practice, I, I guess, and um, involving them in in um, in uh, you know in in the process. So obviously, um, you know, when they get to teenagers. They start to have mobile phones. Um, it's a good good way of um, sort of uh, they can monitor their data use as an example, um, and showing them how to do that so that they, you know, they they don't just blow it all in the first week um, of, of a potentially a monthly plan. So the sort of again, it's the introduction to um, to some planning and budgeting and, and savings. Um, so and be aware that there might be a large bill that uh, parents might not be very happy paying afterwards. Ex- exactly right. Um, <laughs> they don't. And um, and also you know. Um, in terms of teaching them, um, you know, from a practical perspective um, about how to safely buy things. Obviously, you know, we've spoken about earlier in the program about buying things online um, and, you know, the growth of that and obviously teaching them, you know, how to uh, to do that safely, um, which obviously requires a credit card. You know, again, it's probably uh, a really important uh, time to, to if they, if, you know, children are given a credit card that, you know, Basically, it has to be paid for. You know, it's not free money. It needs to be repaid back. That's an important and, um, point, isn't it? If not paid mm-hmm. back within the uh, interest-free period, then, you know, there's additional cost being the interest on top of that. So it could end up being a very expensive item if you haven't got um, the, the funds up front to pay for it. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, which comes into, you know, the basics of saving. So, um, you know, teenagers, et cetera, is a good idea if they're not having a, a part-time job. Um to introduce, um, you know, paying them uh, some pocket money um, gives them the notion of, um, you know, having to do things to 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 um, get uh, to get uh, some revenue. Um, and, you know, it doesn't need to be a large amount, but just that process of getting a regular amount then introduces the concept of savings, um, and um, at the same time, you know, potentially introducing them to to a financial goal. So, you know, if they do save up um, a particular amount, then there's something that they can actually then do or buy um, at the at the end. Um, you know, it could be something simple or, or something large like a holiday or something like that. And I suppose doing a budget might help with that? Yeah, yeah. Abs- absolutely right. Um, so there, that's, um, 
you know, the, the concept of what we're getting at. And it's just really basic things. Um, and, you know, the earlier on that these sort of um, skills can be introduced, um, the better. And it doesn't need to be a large amount. It could be, you know, a couple of dollars a week. Um, and, um, you know, that those things, um, it just really starts to introduce the value of, of money and, and the concepts of saving. Um, yes. Yep. So um, shopping lists too. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, is that a good idea for kids to be involved in creating a shopping list for yep. things around the home? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think um, again, it's it's giving them the, the introduction um, to planning, uh, and you know, not not going to the shops without a without a list, and potentially just being um, influenced by by specials or uh, you know, advertising that that we see at at, at, um, at the shops. So uh, again, it's sort of that introduction to um, to you know, spending and, and being wise um, with our money, and again, it, it's also an opportunity you know with advertising to point out to children um, you know the purpose of the advertising and what they're what they're trying to sell um, and why, and that will obviously sets them up for for later on. And, and you know, we all we also come to impulse buying at some point, and um, you know, it's, I guess it's important to. Um, you know, reduce that as much as we can. So if, you know, children start to be aware of that, that then, um, you know, it has to be a good thing. And that sounds like a very good tip to leave Thursday Finance on for yep. today. Thanks, Thank Jane. you, Brett Hall. Thank you very much. It makes us all think a little bit about what we do and how we run our household too. <laughs> uh, back next Thursday on 2NURFM. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.